Welcome to the Surviving Second Gen Podcast, where we candidly discuss the mental health impacts of being a second generation immigrant in America. I'm your host, Jennifer Ippolit, a Haitian American child of two immigrant parents, as well as a licensed mental health counselor. My hope is that this podcast leaves you feeling heard, understood, and empowered to apply tangible takeaways that can help you navigate all the things that come with being second gen. In today's episode, we're joined by Gregory LaFortune, registered dietitian. Greg is an enthusiastic nutrition professional with over 10 years in nutrition and health education. He earned his Bachelor's of Science at Georgia State University in 2016 and his Master's of Science in Nutrition and Human Performance at Logan University in 2020. He completed his dietetic internship and passed his registered dietitian exam in 2021 and has been practicing since. Two things that brought Greg into this profession was his diagnosis of diabetes at age 11 and the lack of representation of black male dietitians. Greg loves empowering men to eat better and live longer. He is the owner of Optimal Plan Nutrition, LLC, where he provides optimal nutrition and life education and counseling for optimal human performance. He has a wife and daughter and loves to play music. Join me today as we talk with Greg and learn more about his journey. All right. So welcome, Greg, to the Surviving Second Gen podcast. I'm so glad that you could join me today. Thanks for having me. It's my honor. I can't wait to get into some discussion and just to be able to tell you a little bit about my story and my journey. Yeah, I'm excited to hear it. I'm excited for the folks listening to hear it because I think you have a really great story. Um and I, as I was saying in a previous ep- episode, like um, I was just talking about career stuff and how, um, you know, in the immigrant families and households, we're so used to being in certain careers and jobs. Um, so, you know, it's hard to see people who are uh, children of immigrants, like veer off of that and do different things. So I was like, okay, I know someone who's doing that and I want people to know his story and know how he got there. So. That's how we got to talking to Greg today. (laughs) Yeah. So um, we know that you are a dietitian, a registered dietitian. So help help the viewers understand what a registered dietitian is and kind of walk through what it's like um, in your day to day. So like what your, does your day start like and how does it end like from beginning to the end of the day? Okay, cool. Um, So a registered dietitian, also abbreviated RD, you also have the word registered dietitian nutritionist, abbreviated RDN. So this is a profession, nutrition professional, essentially, and we are able to provide what they call medical nutrition therapy. So anybody that has any kind of chronic disease, diabetes, hypertension, cancer, um, I mean, the list goes on to be able to provide nutrition therapy um, for those types of people. So it's a little bit different 
you know, in comparison to like just a regular nutritionist, okay. you know, a registered, a registered dietitian has to go through, they have to get their undergrad in nutrition. Then they have to go through a 1200 hour dietetic internship just to be even able to sit for the national um, credentialing exam. So then we take the exam, we pass the exam, then we're able to call ourselves dietitians. And um, starting pretty soon, there that all dietitians are going to be required to have master's degrees as well. So it's a lot. Oh. It's a lot of schooling. It's a lot of upkeep because we have to have a certain amount of continuing education hours um, every so often. So it, it, it's a lot to maintain. Um, right. So I, like dietitians are definitely top line nutrition professionals. Definitely the people that you want to see when it comes to any kind of nutrition concern uh, that you may have. Okay. Okay. That's a good, um, cause yeah, I think that's a good distinction for people to know because, you know, you hear a lot about nutritionists and dietitians and I think some people kind of just, um, intertwine the two words, but it's good to know that like yours has more of a specific, um, uh, way that you're working with people, especially with people with chronic illnesses, like you said, and then um, the schooling and the credentialing that goes into that. Yeah. And it, could, it can get very confusing and it makes sense why, because, you know, registered dietitian and registered dietitian nutritionist, and then you just have a nutritionist. So the right. words get very confusing, but I would say that in all things, if you're really trying to get, like I said, the top of the top of the line nutrition expertise and information on how to maintain a balanced life, a healthy life, a nutritious life, you definitely want to make sure that the person that you're talking to has some kind of credentialing, like that registration in front of their dietitian or or in front of their nutrition title. Um, it's very important. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, that's good to let the people know. So what do people... Um, specifically come to you for like the people that you do work with? So you did ask me about my everyday. So I'll go into that a little bit. So yeah, um, right now I've been working mainly with people who are going through bariatric surgery. So I do nutrition counseling because of the process. It's, it's a long process. It takes a lot. It, it changes their lives completely. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of medical clearances that they have to go through. Speaking with the dietitian is one of them. So I'm helping them understand what their liquid diet is going to be like and what uh, their diet. Well, tell people what the specifically a, a bariatric surgery is. Yeah. So bariatric surgery is weight loss surgery. So okay. we see people who are morbidly obese or who just kind of like, just kind of like reach that obesity BMI, uh, trying to find ways that they can lose weight. Maybe they've tried a thousand different types of methods um, maybe they just kind of weight, had weight fluctuations back and forth and they can't seem to keep it off. So going through a process like bariatric surgery basically takes the stomach. Well, there's a couple of different types. You have the gastric bypass, you have the gastric sleeve, those are the main types. So essentially yeah. it's making your stomach smaller so that the um, ability for you to intake food decreases. And when that happens, um, you will lose weight because you can't intake the same amount of food. So um, it's been known to really help people come off of medication. Um, people lose a lot of weight on bariatric surgery. And it, it, for a lot of people, it's a way for them to turn their lives around when things kind of get out of hand. Gotcha. So people come to me and we talk about that. Um, but honestly, I see people who deal with many types of diseases, uh, diabetes being one of them. Um, 
So on a day-to-day basis, I'm counseling folks who may have almost anything. You know, I might be counseling a pregnant woman who has gestational diabetes and wants to learn how to make sure that her blood sugars are in check to make sure that she has a healthy uh, pregnancy and a healthy delivery. On the other hand, I might be counseling somebody who has heart disease, who's trying to find out how they can lower their cholesterol or or, or lower their overall heart health indicators um, in general through nutrition. So my Mm -hmm. daily all the time. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So how are these people finding you? Is it um, from uh, the hospitals or are you working with a specific company? So I'm actually about to um, end a contract with a hospital that I've been working with doing the bariatric surgery, nutrition therapy. Um, and I'm transitioning into a new job where I'll be working remotely. Um, so I feel like when once I start working remotely for this company, I'm going to see a lot of different types of people. Right. Uh, in the hospital setting, it was kind of the same things I was seeing in and out. But with this new company, I feel like I'll be able to see all types of, yeah. of special who needs help in all types of areas. So that that'll be very interesting. Yeah, yeah, that that sounds exciting. Like you're, you know, veering off into, you know, serving different types of people that you may have not reached before. Um, is there a particular group of people that you are looking forward to um, working with? Or did have you really enjoyed working with people um, on weight loss? So I am so interested and passionate about serving men, men's health. Okay. Um, the way I kind of got into that is because I did a Google search of men's health dietitians mm-hmm. and nobody came up. I was like, that's how I knew that's where I wanted to specialize in. Because when we look at rates of chronic disease, especially cardiovascular disease and diabetes, men blow out women. Like it's crazy as okay. far as the statistics go, specifically for black men. Yeah. So with without a nutrition professional who wants to specialize and focus on this demographic of men, I feel like things can't get better or won't get better. So meeting a man who's black, who's also a dietitian, um, a lot of people look at me who come into the office, you know, whether it's a white man or even, you know, black men too, they're just saying, you know, I'm glad I have somebody who understands me, who looks like me, because Mm -hmm. to be honest with you, like, you know, you understand my language or you know, if it wasn't for somebody like you, I don't think I would have actually listened. Like I hear things like that all the time when I talk to fellas. So it makes me really proud and, and makes me know like men's health is something that I really, really want to focus on in my career. Okay. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, Cause yeah, the, the statistic that you brought up, like, wow, you know, like there's not enough representation clearly. So you're filling a void there, um, by going into this career. So that's, that's amazing that you're doing that work and passionate about it. So, um, along those lines, so tell me how you really became Greg, the dietitian, the dietitian, like what was your process? How did, um, the thought come to your mind and then, you be where you're at today. So growing up, uh, I'm from New York, parents from Haiti, grew up in New York, moved to Georgia in 2000. So um, while I'm in New York, you know, as a kid, you always like say what you want to be when you grow up. It started off being a police officer. (laughs) I wanted to be a police officer. I don't know why, but that quickly changed. Then I wanted to be a 
then I wanted to be a chef. Okay. Yeah. Wanted to be a chef. Um, but later on in life, uh, when I when I turned 11 years old, I got diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. Mm-hmm. And then I'll just tell you right there, that shook me to the core. That rocked my life. Shifted things, turned things around 100%. Because it's just like, all right, I'm only 11, barely hit puberty. Like, what's really going on? Yeah. But, so it was really then when I started kind of like self-sabotaging and got into a lot of bad habits and was upset at the fact that this was my reality. Hmm. So later on down the line, you know, like one of the things I had to do was see a dietitian. So one of the dietitians that I was able to see at Children's Healthcare of Atlanta really made a huge impact on me. And I was just like, you know what, maybe I can see myself doing this. Okay. You know, I remember that encounter very vividly. And I just found her on LinkedIn a couple months ago. Um, uh-huh. right after my exam. So after a good 20, almost 20 years, um, I finally found her and we've been in constant communication. So yeah, she had a really big imprint on me. I realized that there was no real prominent dietitian in the Haitian community. Mm. And then there was no representation in the black male community. I can't say none at all, but very limited. Right. So all of these were indicators that showed me that maybe I did have a place in this field. And if I didn't have a place, I was going to make one. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So you really got into it from your own personal experience with a chronic illness, um, you know, type one diabetes, something that you, you know, can't, control, you know, it's not like, like you said, you got it as a child Mm -hmm. and then realizing that, wow, like there's probably other people dealing with the same thing and, but they don't have the representation to be able to see somebody who looks like them to help them go through that. Um, So I'm sure there's like so many people that you're inspiring just by, you know, uh, deciding that, you know, you're not going to let this illness stop you, but inspire you to to do more and reach more people so that's that's amazing absolutely i appreciate that yeah yeah um so you know being you know a second generation immigrant you know being a child of immigrants um like i was saying before you know being uh there's certain jobs that you know sometimes a lot of parents for us they want us to have so what was it like for you when you told them that hey I want to be a dietitian it was like Greg what's that (laughs) (laughs) what was that yeah my my mom she she has a lot of experience working in hospitals so she she kind of knew what it was okay at least off of the word diet kind of like (laughs) it had to deal with food yeah like you're gonna put people on diets. <laughs> yeah, that's not what it is, but yeah. Um, they were happy that I found something that I wanted to do. And they were some of the first they were two of the first people who knew my why. You know, they mm. knew obviously they had firsthand experience dealing with the fact that their son had diabetes. Yeah. That was a whole learning curve for them and learning how to cater to me and make sure that I was good. And they they saw that and they saw like my mentality and my maturity. Um, grow and expand in that. And when I came yeah. to them and said, you know, this inspired me to want to become a dietitian, they were actually really proud. They were really happy. Um, they Any parent I feel like is happy, especially immigrant parents, is happy when their child finds something 
that they are passionate about because we all know yeah. parents don't like when their kids is on the street. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Boyd, Boyd is out here trying to make a career for himself. He's trying to make a name for himself. He wants to do well with his life. Um, it didn't follow the traditional doctor, lawyer, engineer, nurse path, mm-hmm. but um, it was close enough for them to be satisfied. <laughs> and, right. Um, we were just happy that I found something that I really um, was passionate about. They really were happy about that. So shout out to them. They didn't chastise me because I didn't choose the typical route, but mm-hmm. they actually ended up really supporting me. And until this day, they do so. Yeah. I love that. I love that you said that, you know, because- um, I think that's so important that, you know, Haitian parents encourage their kids to do what it is that they are passionate about and, you know, have a gift in doing. And, you know, because, again, you're impacting people. It's not, you know, um, something frivolous. It's, you know, you're actually doing great work. So that's awesome that you had parents that encourage that. Yeah, I appreciate that. God, I'm I'm very fortunate for them. So I thank God for them. Yeah, yeah. So what do you, what would you say, you know, in the work that you do brings you joy the most? I know you talked about, you know, um, working with um, Black men or just men in general is what you um, are targeting. So what do you really find joy in, you know, doing this work as a dietitian? I, I did mention that specifically, but honestly, it's it's really anybody who can say, that I help them get from point A to point B. Yeah. Like, like as, as professionals and you know, you, you work in mental health and you work in counseling, so you get it. A lot of times we're trying to do the bulk of the work for the person and trying to have such a, like a, a, a revolutionary moment in one session. And it's just yeah. like, no, bro, this is going to take time. Right. So instead of trying to get from A to Z, I, I, I find joy and contentment where I can help somebody get from A to B or from B to C. That little step right there is just a catalyst and it's an encouragement for them to keep going. And the fact that somebody can identify me and helping them do that um, makes me take this so much more seriously and makes me just make sure that I'm like up to date with my expertise and knowledge Right, my, my counseling methods and all that good stuff. So I find contentment in in getting those types of, you know, feedback, those types of recognition, and it really does make me feel empowered. Yeah, yeah, no, I totally agree with you too. It's like in the work that we do and just helping people get from one place to another, you really do have to let the little wins sink in, you know, like sometimes it's not this big transformation that happens right away, but, you know, when somebody just thanks you for just listening to them or, you know, giving them a resource that they didn't have before, it it feels really good that, you know, you, you can instill that in somebody. I think that that is definitely rewarding, like if nothing else. Yeah, I mean, the, the the work that we do, and it's really anybody, really, um, but the work that we do is changes lives. Yeah. And I had an encounter recently with this guy, uh, this African guy who has a very thick accent, and I would try to imitate <laughs> it, but I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want any smoke from the from Right, African. you don't want to upset the folks. <laughs> so he came to me, and he was trying to get bariatric surgery, and you know, he was on like all types of medication. So one of his motivators was trying to get off medication. And of course, 
you know, when we are able to lose weight and decrease fat mass, that really helps stimulate a lot of like healing and a lot of ability to be able to get off medication, depending on what the disease is, whatever. Mm-hmm. So it came to me and, um, you know, again, that guy to guy connection in the healthcare um, setting, like me being able to represent something that he did not ever see or experience before. So mm-hmm. he came in and he was telling me about how nobody knows that he's going through this process. He hid it from his family. Oh, and wow. All, all this stuff. And of course, I'm, I can't tell anybody like, you know, that's HIPAA. You can't you right. know, telling folks who you're counseling or whatever. So I felt like it was really me and him sitting down trying to figure this thing out. So long story short, he basically applied some of the methods that I taught him. And I called him because I hadn't seen him in almost a month. I was like, hey, we, what's going on? Like, you just ghosted me. He was <laughs> like, I have decided not to go with the surgery anymore. I was just like, oh. all right, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> right? He was like, I have applied the methods that you told me. And I was able to lose a, an amount of almost 16 pounds um, since we last spoke just by some of the nutrition methods that you taught me. Wow. So I not to get, go with the surgery anymore. And I wow. was just, it was just like, I want to thank you sincerely from the deepest of my heart. You know, you know, how <laughs> we had that special, special. Mm-hmm. And I'm mm-hmm. just like, man, you speak, you speak English better than almost all of us, right? <laughs> I want to thank you from the deepest of my heart and express my sincerest gratitude to you. Because he said this in the accent now, like I said. Right, right. Like, you can't do it, but I get it. Yeah. I can imagine it. <laughs> I just want to thank you because. You really, you really showed me that, you know, like there are people in this field who look like me mm. and give me like cult- culturally relevant nutrition information. Mm-hmm. And that right there, I was just like, yeah, this is why I'm in this. Like that culturally relevant nutrition information is huge. Yeah. Because we, we tend to think that we have to follow the Mediterranean diet or we <laughs> have to eat this way because this is what's been scientifically proven and it's mm-hmm. true but the science is really the strength of the science is in the nutrients mm. and all cultures have very nutritious food mm. right so you know in ethiopia they might eat this thing right here here in the u.s we might eat this thing they have very similar nutrient composition yeah I tell the ethiopian that they need to eat this when that's just not culturally relevant for them. So mm. having that conversation with him, I'm just like, all right, bro, I know you like fufu, right? But <laughs> you on the fufu. Like you can't be eating fufu mindlessly yeah. and not control of what you're eating. So right. it's like conversations like that and just being 100% authentic and real with him and not telling him that he has to eat a certain kind of way. I think yeah. that also would help too. Okay. No, that that's a really good example of um, one representation, right? Like you just being able to be there for somebody and they feel comfortable to, to speak with you, but also, you know, an extra layer of you um, uh, reaching their, their, reaching them where they are at culturally. Um, the word you said, culturally relevant, nutritious. Like the culturally relevant nutrition information, education. Okay. Yeah. Just connecting them to their culture and, and helping them find what's nutritious for them. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I love that. And I've never heard that said in that way. 
Um, but it makes so much sense because like you said, like we all come from different backgrounds and, you know, especially when I think about like, um, immigrants in this country or second generation immigrants being in this country, feeling like they have to be on a certain diet because, you know, they're in America and these are the diets that are publicized, but you're saying that, you know, it's okay for them to stick to their diet and you can help them find ways to do that in nutritional, like get the nutritional value that they need, even sticking to their, you know, cultural diet. And a lot of times cultural, cultural food is a lot healthier than what we eat here in America. Anyway. Oh, let's talk about <laughs> it. <laughs> you know, yeah. You know, what, I remember talking to a friend, he said, I lost a lot of weight. I was like, what did you do? He's Haitian. He's like, I stopped eating Haitian food. And I felt like that was very disrespectful. <laughs> If we look at just just the historical, um, this Haiti's history as far as like being having very rich soil mm-hmm. and very nutrients, and the food that we eat actually isn't unhealthy. A lot of it actually has to deal with life changes. They call this epigenetics, where you you live somewhere for so long, adapt to the way of life there, eat mm-hmm. how you, then you completely change location. You come to the states. You're stressed out a lot more. You don't have the same level of physical activity. So, of course, the health outcomes are a little bit different. Right. I have to correct. I'm just like, no, it's not because you stopped eating Haitian food. Most likely, (laughs) it's because you changed your portions. Mm -hmm. You started eating differently as far as, like, you stopped eating mindlessly. You were more aware. Yeah. aware of what you were doing. So, I, I still have to correct people when they say stuff like that now. But, yeah, I just hate that kind of thinking. Yeah, yeah. No, thanks for educating the people, you know, like, like you said, you know, like epigenetics uh, does determine what, you know, your, um, your ability to take in certain food looks like. But when you learn how to portion control, then that changes everything. So yeah, that's, that's great information. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. (laughs) So, um, do you see yourself um, staying in like what you're doing now, working with certain companies, or how do you see yourself like growing as a dietitian? Do you see yourself having your own business, or what does that look like for you? Um, I see myself getting all the experience that I can take. Mm-hmm. right now, I've been a dietitian for over a little bit over a year right now. Okay. Uh, this new company that I'm working with, I feel like I'll grow tremendously as a practitioner. I feel like I'll grow as just a professional in general. Um, that's why I took on this challenge. I feel like it'll be really good for me. Uh, I always am going to be <laughs> working on my private practice. So I have a business called Optimal Plan Nutrition. Okay. And, um, that's just my private practice that I'm going to continually work on establishing where I want to be able to counsel individuals and help them find the optimal nutrition for them mm-hmm. in all seasons and all phases of life. Having somebody who can help them break down tough, complicated nutrition jargon. Like, for example, like if I were to ask you right now, what is an antioxidant? Like off the right off of your head, what like what would you tell me? Uh something that prevents uh you know, bad stuff coming into your system. 
that's, and that's actually a good guess. But most people d- don't know what that is at all. Mm-hmm. Like so much, like your average person doesn't know what a calorie is. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot of a lot of us as dietitians use dietitian language. Right. And one of my approach is is to dumb it down as much as possible, not to insult anybody's intelligence. Right. But I can't expect everybody to understand these complicated terms like I understand them. Mm-hmm. Right. So my my method of educating is to really help people grasp it and be able to teach it back and also right. be able to apply it in their lives. So I'm I'll be working in whatever way pays me. I'll be <laughs> however like whatever is gonna give me money, I'm gonna do that. And I'm mm-hmm. always on my business um, because long term I definitely would like to um, be doing that more my own private practice to where I can like have more time to do what I want to do and spend more time with my family and plan for the future and whatnot so yeah okay mm-hmm. so Greg is out here trying to get that money <laughs> Look, I'll set a goal for myself the first year of, as a dietitian on average dietitians make maybe Mm. depending on where you're at on average we get paid about 60,000 on average uh-huh. and they always say as a starting rd you're supposed to take whatever offer you get and i was just like nah <laughs> <laughs> take what offer that pays me well i'm gonna right. take whatever offer that's good for me yeah i made jen that i was gonna make a hundred thousand dollars in my first year as an rd now okay this, this is typically unheard of yeah right so well, the first year passed, I did not reach the goal, but <laughs> <laughs> but I'm really happy that I was able to really surprise myself. Mm-hmm. And I pushed boundaries, I pushed limits, and yeah, uh, I didn't reach the goal like I just said, but I, I really acquired a lot of like great other things that I'm really proud of. So, you know, I'm just gonna keep growing, keep expanding, keep putting myself out there, and I know that I'll be very well taken care of in this field. Nice. Yeah. I like that. I like that you're not settling for anything. You know, you're trying to find the things that build yourself up, like you said, professionally and the coins. Like you want to make sure that you're good. So um, yeah, I think that's a good uh thing for people to hear too, be inspired by is that yeah, you could be fresh out of college or you know, fresh to this, but you don't have to settle for any and everything. <laughs> never, never, never settle. Yeah, yeah. I see people reviewing video games, making millions of dollars. I see people listen. (laughs) I see people reviewing, you know, doing product reviews. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just like okay, I could, I could definitely partake in that basket of wealth as well. (laughs) Definitely do that. So let me put myself out there and do what I need to do, and not settle, and just however long it takes, I'm it's going to take that long. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. Do you find it stressful at all to, um, I guess, try to uh, build your career and be where you want to be? Or do you feel like you, you know, you're handling it all right? It's a really great question. I feel like if I wasn't grounded at all in my faith, that I would really be super stressed because it, it is very discouraging not seeing many black men dietitians. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've always been a go-getter. I've always been somebody to take initiative. So I see a problem and I'm the kind of person to put up systems to help address the problem. Instead of like going, you know, like wallowing in my corner and just kind of looking all t- timid, 
I'm yeah. just going to be like, hey, this is a problem and we need to address this. You know, so part of what I'm doing with my business is also trying to reach out to other young black men who are in the nutrition field or who are interested in the nutrition field mm-hmm. to provide like impromptu mentoring. Like I'll just kind of hit them up randomly and be like, hey, how's it going? I know you applied for that job last time. You know, how how is it? And me doing that, I'll so far I've been able to connect with at least 10 guys who are either in school for nutrition mm-hmm. or just become dietitians and even some who are seasoned dietitians who are black. So we're trying to like, I'm trying to like unofficially, officially form this community. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but <laughs> something that I really, really take very seriously. Um, yeah. Is, is really needed. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm sure like those individuals are just um, feel good that there's somebody who looks like them, who's being able to say, Hey, like let's connect, you know, um, you know, let's see what how we can change this field really by just, you know, being more than just one here and there, but like more of us actually coming through the field, graduating and doing the work. So yeah. yeah. And I, th- I think the stress could possibly come if I wasn't grounded in my faith, if yeah. I didn't know who I was, mm. um, if I didn't believe in God, all these different types of things. Yeah. I have always been the only black person in any class, <laughs> any job. I'm sorry, not the only black person, the only black male, mm. guy, or the only black male nutrition student. It's yeah. always happened, even at my current job right now. Uh-huh. You know, like I'm, I'm sitting there. I'm just like, yep, it's only me again. <laughs> All right, cool. Like yeah. I'm just lunches and anybody who's who's experienced experiencing that would assimilate or act like the environment that they're in. Mm-hmm. I'm black. I'm not a woman. I'm going to be me. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not about to code switch. Like I'm some kind of white woman or a white girl. And you know, mm-hmm. I'm not sure less of them need to be in this field, but there's a pressure, like there's an underlying pressure to act like, or to be like, or to talk like, mm. and I'm not going to do that. Yeah. It could be stressful, but I'm not allowing it to be stressful because I know I really feel like God is putting this on my heart and mm. I'm going to do that. There's a need for it. So yeah. I know it's going to be challenging, but at the end of the day, it's needed. So I'm going to go at it full steam and I'm not going to stop. Yeah. That's, That's how I look at it. So it could be stressful. It's annoying because the community is not there. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. But that's fine. Like, I, I yeah. love him with, with my family anyway, so I'm, I'm good on that. I got, <laughs> I got <laughs> nice, yeah. yeah. No, I love that you. You know, you said that even though you stand out in the spaces that you're in because you're grounded in who you are. You know who who you are, who God made you to be, and you grounded in your faith. Like that can't shake you. You're still gonna be you. Like that's that's amazing. Um, and along those lines, you, you know, you, you mentioned your family. Um, so I wanted to ask you, like, how do you nourish your mental health? I know faith is important. Family, what are you doing to take care of your mental, you know, despite being in stressful situations? Absolutely. So, uh, I'm an, I'm an avid listener of music. I love live music. I play music. I play about four different instruments. So music has always been an outlet for me ever since I started learning how to play the drums when I was like five, six years old. Okay. I really feel like music allows me to express my creativity 
and it's just great stress stress relief. Um, so that's one of the things that I do. I also have started working out a lot more consistently. Um, that has really helped not only with my diabetes, but it's also helped like, you know, with some gains and stuff. I'm starting to feel myself and whatnot. So <laughs> you know, that's two things that I do. Um, and yeah, I would, I would say those are the main two. I also like watching basketball. So I, I'm a Knicks fan, even though the Knicks can get very stressful. The New York, <laughs> the New York Knicks stress me out all the time. Uh, yeah. You know, you know, just me having something that I personally like my hobby, watching the Knicks and, you know, following what's going on with the Knicks and, you know, that's just my personal thing. So there's a couple of things that I do to, yeah. to help me manage and relieve stress um, outside of just like reading my Bible and praying and stuff like that. Like those actual tangible things that you can do in life. Those are just as important in my personal opinion than you just like praying and just reading your Bible, for example. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that makes so much sense. Cause yeah, faith is, the foundation I know it is for me too, you know, like I always have that. And there's also day-to-day things that I feel like are important for me to make sure that I keep going and, you know, um, combat the stress that I have, you know, that are actively like making me feel better, making me feel good. Um, so I'm glad that you have that for yourself. Um, But lastly, I want to ask you, um, you know, what advice would you give um, a second generation immigrant, you know, who wants to enter the type of industry that you're in? You know, how would you advise them in that process? We're talking nutrition or more like an unpopular type of field? Um, Nutrition specifically. Yeah. Oh, um, hit me up. (laughs) (laughs) Nutrition at GregoryLaFortune.com. Contact me. I want to meet you. I want to help you understand how things go. If you are, whether you're a black man or not, it doesn't matter. Uh, if you are somebody who this type of, this uh, Im- child of an immigrant who's looking into going into this, um, just, just reach out. Okay. Okay. That's- Two, I would say, I, and everybody's not wired like me. Like I'm somebody that I could just jump in. I don't care what's going to happen. I'm going to be successful when I come out. That's just how I think. Yeah. But you have- like you have to have some sense of purpose of something of some, some sense of story, mm-hmm. something that's helping you really stay grounded to that thing. And, and for me, what brought me into it, like I told you, what started that process was that diabetes. Now, now I know everybody, now I hope you wish, like, I hope you don't have diabetes or get that. <laughs> right. But sometimes you have to have something that really anchors you, mm-hmm. something that helps you stay in it something that you can look at in your life that says you need to do this or this is why you're doing this and you can't run from this. Yeah. Or I would say like you need to not just do things frivolously, but you have to have purpose behind why you're doing it. You know, and and, and a lot of times your personal story and the personal things that have happened to you are a great reason for you to take that dive and to take that launch into what you're trying to get into. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah, because it sounds like you're saying for people to really dig deep and figure out, you know, what their story is, what what is their purpose to, you know, what they want to be and what they want to do and to actually like find that so they can push towards it. Absolutely. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah. Um so tell the people where they can find you like to reach out, I guess for mentoring or um to get optimal nutrition 
um, information, social media, all of that. <laughs> I got you. You can follow me. I'm mainly on IG at Men's Health Dietitian. And for all you out there who think dietitian is spelled with a C I A N, <laughs> let me just tell you right now, it is a T I A N. All right. All so right. You can me at Men's Health Dietitian on IG. Um, as I just indicated previously, you can email me at nutrition at Gregory. I'm sorry. Nutrition. <laughs> yeah, nutrition at Gregory. I had it right. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> nutrition at Gregory LaFortune. Com. You can visit my website at GregoryLaFortune.com, L-A as in Los Angeles, Fortune as in a fortune cookie. I don't spell my last name anymore, Jen. That's how I tell people. Okay. <laughs> L-A as in Los Angeles, Fortune like a cookie. That, right? that makes sense. <laughs> so yeah, find me there. Um, I have a ton of different services that I'm offering right now, one-on-one sessions, um, I'm doing what I call a kitchen optimization where I'm able to analyze and assess places where you store food, which is mainly your fridge and your pantry and help you find nutritious swaps and things that you can do to help boost the nutritious value of your um, food storage spaces. Uh-huh. I also do meal plans, customized meal plans. So these are just some of the things that I do. Um, please reach out to me. And if you're just looking just for somebody to reach out to, to learn from, a mentor, I, I would love to learn about you and help you grow. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that, Greg. I, I hope people just come flooding to you because you got some knowledge for real, for real. Like, I appreciate that, Jen. Yeah, you're doing great work. I'm sorry. This is this is probably, this has nothing to do with what we're talking about. Yeah. The title of your podcast is really amazing, by the way. <laughs> I really thought that you were going to spell it surviving second J E N. Okay. <laughs> right. It just like been like, whoa. Like <laughs> is on another level right here. Right. But, um, I love what you're doing and I appreciate you for having me. Um, y'all please reach out to J- reach out to me, reach out to Jen. Um, you know, we're out here just trying to be successful and, and to to make our lives better mm-hmm. and, and to 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 really build future generations. So Yeah. I appreciate it. No, for sure. Thank you for that shout out. You see, I I could have made it surviving second gen with the J E N, but I feel like only a few people would get the people who know me would get it. So I was like, okay, let me me not do too much. But like the the first couple of episodes, you would have had to explain it. Right, right. But no, I appreciate the shout out. Um Greg is good people, like in general, not just professionally. So I'm glad that you could um, come on and tell the people what you got going on. And yeah, we're just out here trying to do um, good things for our community. Um, So yeah, I'm glad we could connect and do this. Yes. Thank you, Jen. And whenever you want to have me again, just let me know. Um, For sure. Get into some more stuff. So just let me know. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. If you found today's episode valuable or this podcast as a whole, I invite you to leave a five-star review and also leave a comment letting others know what you gain from this episode. This allows for our podcast to gain more visibility and for it to reach the people that want to hear this information. 
Also, we invite you to engage in the comments on the YouTube page, Surviving Second Gen Podcast, so we can continue this rich conversation that we're having today.